Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I'm your host, Cora Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Galilee, where my wife and I live. Today is Yom HaShoah, Israel's Holocaust Remembrance Day. We remember the millions of victims who died during World War II. We think of the late Anne Frank, whose life was cut short in a concentration camp, yet her memory lives on through the words in her diary for all to read. We thank the late Eli Wiesel, a Holocaust survivor, who had the courage to share with the world his experiences during the Holocaust in his groundbreaking book, Night. We remember the late Corey Temboon, a righteous Christian Gentile who spent time in the Ravensbrück concentration camp. It has been reported that she was involved in rescuing an estimated 800 Jewish lives during the Nazi takeover in the Netherlands. Currently, there are over 160,000 Holocaust survivors living here in Israel. And today we remember all the other names and victims from around the world whose lives were taken in the Holocaust. Before I begin today's show, I want to thank people for their active participation in the Israel Mosaic Podcast. I want to thank those of you who have corresponded with me through text messaging, emails, and phone calls. Your insights, prayers, and encouragement are the life of this podcast. I would also like to thank those of you who have given financial contributions to Israel Mosaic so that we can continue bringing you exclusive updates and current events that take place here in Israel and around the world. All of your generous gifts are much appreciated. On today's podcast, I'll be sharing about the recent attacks and foiled plots in Israel, the volatility on the Temple Mount, the Cairo summit, and the state of Israeli politics. A rocket fired from Lebanon. On Sunday night, April 24th, a lone rocket was fired into northern Israel. According to a Times of Israel article, Defense Minister Benny Gantz, who was speaking at a meeting with Druze officials who were celebrating at the tomb of the prophet Jethro, he said the state of Israel demands that the Lebanese government take responsibility for what happens on its territory. If terrorism and violence continue, we will know to use the necessary force against the right targets. Israel has since responded by firing dozens of shells at targets in Lebanon to counterattack the rocket that was fired. On Monday night, April 25th, Israeli security forces foiled an attempt to smuggle dozens of grenades and two firearms into Israel from Lebanon in what police suspect was part of a terror plot. In other news, early Wednesday morning at 12.40 a.m., my wife and I heard a fleet of Israeli fighter jets flying over our apartment that shook our neighborhood and the surrounding area. About the same time, an earthquake hit near the island of Cyprus and was felt in the northern city of Haifa, here in Israel. We later found out that an airstrike on Hezbollah had been carried out by Israeli forces in Syria, which explained the sudden commotion 
in the nightly skies, as confirmed by the Jerusalem Post. This is the third strike on Syria this past month. Despite all these attempted terror threats and possible attacks, Israel's counterintelligence and cybersecurity remains vigilant during the post-pandemic era. Clashes on the Temple Mount This month in Israel, the three religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, celebrated Resurrection Sunday, the Feast of Passover, and the fasting month of Ramadan. An incident that made the headlines here in Israeli newspapers consisted of members of Orthodox Judaism. Six observant Orthodox Jewish followers attempted to sacrifice a goat in the same area where thousands of years earlier, Abraham brought his son Isaac up to Mount Moriah, where the Temple Mount is located today. Israeli police ended up arresting the Jerusalem residents and Jewish settlers, prohibiting them from making the sacrifice. Meanwhile, other observant Jewish followers have desired to pray on the Temple Mount, which is the holiest site in Judaism, and is known by Muslims as Haran al-Sharif, the third holiest site in Islam. This has caused clashes between Palestinian rioters and Israeli police. In an article in the Ynet News, it states that Israeli forces had to arrest seven suspects from East Jerusalem Wednesday night, April 20th, after Molotov cocktails were thrown out of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. The violence on the Temple Mount threatens a wider regional conflict and an escalation of war. Hamas support at the Temple Mount According to a Times of Israel article on Friday, April 22nd, 150,000 Muslims prayed at the Temple Mount. Large crowds gathered for Ramadan, waving Palestinian and Hamas flags, chanting slogans in favor of the Gaza-ruling terrorist group and a call for mobilization ahead of the prayers. Some people in the group shouted about a 7th century battle in which Muslim forces massacred and expelled Jewish people from the Arabian Peninsula town of Kaibar. The shouting quickly transitioned and turned into rioting as Palestinians and Israeli police were injured. Jerusalem has turned into a tinderbox overnight as emotions and deep-seated religious feelings are running high. Police have been involved in restoring order to the Temple Mount due to a small group of Islamic extremists who hijacked the entire scene on Friday, trying to take over the Al-Aqsa Mosque, where the majority of the followers of Islam were praying peacefully. The Cairo Summit On Sunday, April 24th, King Abdullah from Jordan, Egyptian President el-Sisi, and United Arab Emirates Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed, Al Nayan met in Cairo, Egypt, following the clashes on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. They discussed many regional issues like trilateral ties, current challenges and crisis, bolstering joint Arab action, regional cooperation, energy security, and the ongoing tensions surrounding Jerusalem's Temple Mount. All three world leaders stressed their country's readiness to exert 
all efforts to restore calm in Jerusalem and end all forms of escalation and remove obstacles impending worshippers of Islam from access to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. The current tension in Jerusalem has many starting points, but the main ones that are driving and propelling all the others are the mental anguish and stress that people have faced being locked down, anxieties and fears over the current economic situation, and the extreme religious and violent beliefs that the few have that influence the rest of the masses of people. The Politics Inside of Israel After living here in Israel for five years, I'm just beginning to get a grasp and starting to understand how the government runs and operates. Just to give you an overview, according to Professor Eyal Naveh, Israel is a parliamentary democracy based on the separations of power, similar to the United States. The three branches of government are the legislative, judicial, and executive. The citizens vote for the Israeli parliament, which is the Knesset, the legislative branch of the government. They elect their favorite party from the many potential parties. If no single party receives ultimate majority, the largest party has to form a coalition with other parties that make up at least 61 seats in order to rule by forming a government with the other smaller parties. The prime minister is the leader of the state who heads the government. In an I-24 news report, the Islamic and Muslim-based Ra'am party in the parliament froze its membership in the current coalition. This freeze will last for two weeks due to the clashes on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. There are opposing voices within the Ra'am party pushing to leave Israel's governing coalition. Meanwhile, Masur Abbas, the leader of Ra'am, called for a more conservative approach and argued that the party should remain in the governing coalition despite the violence. If Ra'am decides to leave the current coalition, then there will have to be national elections. In other news regarding the government, according to Haaretz News, Edith Salman, the whip and lawmaker from Prime Minister Bennett's party, is switching sides after a deal with the Likud party. Her resignation from the coalition in early April leaves the current coalition with 60 lawmakers, ending its majority on the Knesset. Jerusalem, the focus of the entire world. If there is anything that the events of the last month have demonstrated and shown us is that the attention of all nations has turned their collective eyes towards Jerusalem. From Prime Minister Bennett taking the lead mediation role in the Russian-Ukrainian war, the hosting of an international summit with innovators, businessmen, and political figures, Israel is considered one of the world's leaders in computer technology and cybersecurity, and with their underground nuclear arsenal of an estimated 80 to 400 nuclear warheads, they are on par with Pakistan and India. I leave you with a passage from Jeremiah that speaks of the Messianic Age and of the hope of the true eternal city known as Jerusalem. 
Hope will fill the city once again and the nation of Israel because righteousness will be prevailing. God's love will resonate between Arab and Jewish peoples and Messiah will bring restoration to a fallen world. The prophet Jeremiah writes in chapter 3 verses 17 through 19, At that time they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord and all nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of the Lord. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. In those days, the people of Judah will join the people of Israel, and together they will come from a northern land to the land I gave your ancestors as an inheritance. I myself said, How gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic Land People's Story when I'll be sharing about the days of Noah. See you soon.